Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the sixth birthday Failed Critics Podcast. I'm Steve Norman and I'm joined by Owen Hughes. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Yeah. Hi, Steve. Hello. Mm. Hi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm back hosting a podcast which I haven't done for ages now. No one can tell. It's... Because I don't I don't do that anymore. I'm I've been moved out of the host chair and into the guest's chair. How does it feel? Well, it's actually, I'm not really the guest. I'm more of what Alan Davis is to QI because I'm just always there. <laughs> yeah, it seems odd that we've been doing this nonsense for six years. Also, it seems to work quite well because the second film we ever reviewed was mm. Avengers Assemble and we're recording this on Infinity Wars Eve. Infinity Wars Eve, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, because you're going to the midnight screening and we needed to I fill am. some time. <laughs> Yes, as I'm reviewing for other sources. Um, it's okay, you can say the name. Yes, I'm re- I'm doing the review for Set the Tape. I mm. bet all the proper writers got really narky about that. The fucking idiot got the, <laughs> got, the uh, got the review of that one. But yeah, um, so yeah, I decided to because my editors there are right bastards. And, uh, you know, really push you for deadlines. So I'm going at midnight um, yeah. to see that, which I'm actually really looking forward to. Whoa, 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 just to stop Steve there, we do have a full spoiler-laden review of Avengers Infinity War, which will be at the end of the podcast, right after the credits, so stick around for that. Yes, but we are going to do a quiz, there's there's no real prize, we're going back to the original quiz format, which was, for those who don't remember, I would get the filmography of an actor or actress and read out select films from that. Mm. and um, the people would have to guess who it was. Yeah, and we should probably advise people not to go back to our first episode on uh, the 25th of April 2012, all those years ago, uh, because there wasn't a quiz on that one. The quiz came in later, didn't it? It was uh, one of your inventions for the podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, okay, you can go first then, as you started the whole thing. Okay, so... I will start off with this first person in 2005. Mm. They were in Coach Carter. The Rock? No. No, I don't know if he was in that. (laughs) In 2006, they were in Step Up. Channing Tatum? You are correct. You've got it in there early and you've got that right. Nice. (laughs) Right. So we're doing a best of five for this, right? So um, you could still come back. It's not just the... Just the one person. 
Um, but uh, I'm going to start with with my person. They were in Eight Mile. Eight Mile. Mm. Eminem would be too obvious, but that's the first one I'm going with. It wasn't. It was an Eminem. 2003, Bad Boys 2. Who's it? Mm. No, carry on. Carry on. In 2007, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Oh, who played his bloody wife and his oldest <laughs> mum in that film? Uh... <sighs> Next. Next, okay. They were in Bad Lieutenant in 2009. Bad Lieutenant? What was Bad That was the Nicolas Cage film, wasn't it? It was, yep. It's not Nicolas Cage, though. It's not Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Next one, in 2011, they were in Take Shelter. Is it Brittany Murphy? It's not Brittany Murphy. Was that the right person, or was she in 8 Mile? Was she his girlfriend I have no in idea. 8 Mile? Don't know. Do not know. Right. Okay. Uh, it will get a bit easier after this one. I'm going in chronological order because them's the rules. But in 2012, they were in Premium Rush. I don't even have heard of Premium Rush. No, it was the one on the, the bikes. No. No. All right. 2013, Man of Steel. Man of Steel. No. Lawrence Fishburne. No, it wasn't Lawrence Fishburne. Um, of course it wasn't. Yeah. From 2010 to 2014, they were in Boardwalk Empire. I don't know. No. Nope. No. 2016, they were in Midnight Special. I'm trying to think of who played his mum in 8 Mile and I can't think of her name. I bet that's who it is. Uh, I'm going to give you, I mean, three more guesses, I think. Because the only other two people other than the two that I've guessed about in 8 Mile was, I think, was whoever played his mum and Buster Rhymes. <laughs> And it ain't Buster Rhymes. <laughs> no, Buster Rhymes was not in Man of Steel. No. Um, 2016, they were in Elvis and Nixon. Uh, it's going to be whoever played his mum. I can't think of her name. I'll give you a, a clue for the last two. It's not a woman. Oh, so it's not who played his mum then? No. Eight Mile. Who is yeah. Eight Mile? Also, I think you're getting stuck on Eight Mile. Maybe you should focus on some of the other films. Um, Twenty. Uh, 16, they were in Nocturnal Animals. Nah. No, and last one, um, earlier this year, they were in The Shape of Water. Michael Shannon? It's Michael Shannon. Got it on the last one. Wow. Man. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So that makes it one all, yeah? It does. Mm. Uh, and me up next. So, 2007, Ghost Rider. Nicolas Cage? No. Oh. 2011, A Few Best Men. Who else is in Ghost Rider? Was that the one Idris Elba was in? It's not Idris Elba. Uh, he was in one of them, I think. Uh, in 2012, they're in What to Expect When You're Expecting. Uh, what's his name? McConaughey. No. No. Uh, in Also in 2012, they were in Ice Age, Continental Drift. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Christ, who did the voices in that? I, I don't even know who did the voices in that one. Um, they have not. They have not been in any subsequent Ice Age film. I I don't know. Move on. Next in one. In twenty in twenty thirteen, they are in Pain and Gain. Ah, oh, the guy who plays Falcon in Avengers. No. Ah, okay. In twenty fifteen, they are in Pitch Perfect two. Don't know. 
In 2016, they are in Grimsby. Mark Strong. No. <sighs> in 2017, they're in Pitch Perfect 3. <laughs> um, I've never seen a Pitch Perfect movie. And I know that's going to really annoy a lot of people, but um, Amy, what's her name? Um, you, you can't, ha- I, can't ex- I can't accept Amy, what's her name? Amy Adams? No. Uh-huh. Uh, you have reached the end of this round. Shit. It was Rebel, it was Rebel Wilson. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> this person, uh, I want to start with this, but that won't make it easier. It can be a bonus. And if you get it on this, I'll be amazed. They were in Buster Rhymes, Feet, P. Diddy and Pharrell, past the Corvosia part two, which is a video the short. The Corvosia. That's, that'll do, yeah. It's the correct name of the brandy <laughs> drink. Okay. Cavossier then. Yeah. Mm. Buster Rhymes, Feet, P. Diddy and Pharrell, yeah. 2002. Buster was... Rhyme now. No. 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 Uh, no. No. <laughs> uh, that's not a surprise. That is not a surprise. 2005, starting properly, uh, they were in Jarhead. Jarhead? Who was in Jarhead? Jake Gyllenhaal. Wasn't Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, in 2006, they were in Miami Vice. Uh, Jamie Foxx. It was Jamie Foxx. So you go 2-1 ahead anyway. Mm. Mm. Good. Cool. Uh, right. So, this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2002, they were in the TV show Spooks. Don't, I don't think for, I ever for, watched it. For Spooks. two years. Was Kit Harrington in Spooks? I know he's in the film. He wasn't in the TV show Spooks. He was uh, in the film version. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, 2005, they were in the, A Sound of Thunder. Pff, never heard of it. Um mm. Bob Hoskins. 2000, no, <laughs> 2006, they were in The Last King of Scotland. Uh, who would have been in Last King of Scotland and Spooks? Forrest Whitaker. Or Forrest, what? what no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Okay, in 2011, they were in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, I can't think of any British people in that. I don't, I don't know. I'll just say John Lithgow. Uh, no. No. In 2012, they were in Jack Reacher. Oh, shit. What's her name? Is it a woman? You just keep saying I guy. Can't t- I can't tell you that. Yeah, but you keep saying guy. Is that meant to mislead me? If I've not done anything intentionally. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> no, don't no, no, Carry on. Okay. In 2014, I'll give you two films from 2014, Interstellar and Selma. Oh my god! What kind of remember his name? Is the the black guy who um bit, bit racist, Owen? <laughs> well, he is. He's black. Um, I, was, I I I I didn't even notice. I I you know I was noticing <laughs> more him for more for his acting talent. Yeah, yeah. And do you know um, who my favourite actor of all time is? Sydney Mr. Poitier. <laughs> Mr. Sydney Poitier. Oh man, what's uh? I can't think what his name is. I know him. I, I can see his face. I just can't remember his name. I can't give you a point for just knowing his name. Well, if I we give you some more films. Him. In 2016, they're in a United Kingdom. Yeah, it's not helping. I... Fuck me. Keep going. 2018, The Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, yeah, I know who he is then. I definitely know him. I just can't think what his name is. Um... I'll give you the last film that I can give you. Oh, and that shit. was Gringo. 
Oh, I don't know what Gringo is. Jesus Christ, what's his name? <sighs> this is really annoying. It's like... D D David... Um, oh, God! <laughs> this is excruciating. Uh, um, is Odge something? No, it's not Odge something. You know who I mean, though, right? David... Um, I know what the answer Oli is. Oliwello or something like that? Yeah. Oh, fuck me. Well, well Googled, <sighs> Owen. That wasn't a Google. Mm. That was an actual struggle. Mm. Mm. God damn. So that makes it two apiece, does it? Yes. Two apiece. In 2003, they were in Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Kira Knightley. It's not Kira Knightley. In 2004, they were in The Terminal. Uh, don't know. Okay. In 2007, they were in Blackout. I don't know what Blackout is. Oh, right. Moving on. <laughs> 2008, they were in Vantage Point. Seen Vantage Point? Yeah. Not many um, people have and liked it. Say Orlando Bloom to keep this moving. <laughs> it wasn't an Orlando Bloom. Um, in 2009, they were in Star Trek. What Zoe Saldana? Dana. It was Zoe Saldana. Yes. Yeah. The next. The next uh, clue was going to be Avatar, and I thought, yeah, you'll get it straight uh, away. Yeah. Right. 1996, The Cable Guy. Uh, Jim Carrey. No. 1997, Anaconda. Uh, John Voight. No. 1998, Armageddon. Armageddon and Anaconda. Uh, don't know. Don't know. 2000, Shanghai Noon. Owen Wilson. Yes. Oh, yes. That came from the anaconda knowledge, I'll have you know. Well, I mean, your anaconda <laughs> non the knowledge is second to none, I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, 1985, The Goonies. Sean Astin. It's not... Nope. In um, 1997, they were in Nightwatch. Night... What on earth is Nightwatch? Nope, never mind. 1997 as well, they were in Mimic. Corey... Haim. No, not Corey Haim. Um, Corey Felding. No. <laughs> Corey, Corey someone. It wasn't Corey anyone. In 2000, they were in Hollow Man. Kevin Bacon. No, not Kevin Bacon. In 2007, they were in No Country for Old Men. Don't know. No. Uh, 2007, Planet Terror. Don't know what that is. That's the Grindhouse Rodriguez movie. Okay. Yeah, never mind. Uh, also in 2007, where they had a prolific year, uh, they were in American Gangster. No, carry on. In 2008, they were in Milk. Continue. Continue. 2010, they were in Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. Continue. 2010, Jonah Hex. Oh, I don't know. No one's ever seen that. <laughs> All right. Uh, 2010, True Grit. No, carry on. 2013, Gangster Squad. I'm not going to get this. No, carry on. 2013, Old Boy. No, keep going. Cameo role in uh, 2014's Guardian of the Galaxy. No, Hasselhoff had a cameo in the second one. Who cameoed in it? I mean, that should be the one that gets that gets it. Who cameoed in that? They also, Nathan Fillion? No, they also cameoed in Avengers Age of Ultron. Um... <laughs> Stan Lee <laughs> It wasn't Stan Lee uh, 2015 Sicario um, Oh um, What's his bloody name um, What well, if I told you that Benicio Del Toro No it wasn't, wasn't Benicio Del Toro um, 
2015, they were in Everest. Have you? But no, it's not. No, carry on. And 2016, Hail Caesar. Not that even seen that one. No. Okay, last one. 2018, Avengers Infinity War. Uh, what's his name? He was the fellow that was in... Um... All those films I mentioned. Yeah, but the other ones as well. I know who he... I know... He played the Collector, didn't he, in Guardians of the Galaxy? And No, I give up. Josh Brolin. He only bloody um, plays Thanos. Uh, him. Him. So what's the score now? Three all. Three all. And it's first to five, isn't it? Hmm. Okay, 1988, Mystic Pizza. <laughs> what the fuck is Mystic Pizza? Um, I, I just, I haven't got a clue. Okay, 1990, Flatliners. Uh, Kevin Bacon? No, 1991, Hook. Robin Williams? No. Uh... Skip to 1997, My Best Friend's Wedding. Oh, no, no, not a clue. Mel Gibson. No. Uh, 2001, <laughs> The Mexican. The Mexican? Mm. 2001, Antonio Banderas? Mm. No. Also 2001, Ocean's Eleven. Uh, I know who I want to say, but I think it'd be a bit too obvious. Don, Don Cheadle, I'll go with instead. No. Uh, 2003, Mona Lisa Smile. Matt Damon? No. No. 2006, Charlotte's Web. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Don't know. I don't have a clue. Um, coming to the end now. Yeah. Uh, 2017, another voice role, Smurfs, A Lost Village. What the fuck? I've not a clue. David Cross. No. No. I'll tell you what the answer is. Is that it? Julia Roberts. Oh, fucking yeah, Julia fucking Roberts. Mm. Starting in 2007, I Could Never Be Your Woman. No idea. No. 2009, The Lovely Bones. No idea. No. Uh, they had a voice role in the UK version of Ariati in 2010. Oh, no chance I'm going to get that one. Okay. 2011, they were in Hannah. No. Nope. 2012, Byzantium. What is that? It's a um, British vampire thing. I think if I give you the next film that are in, then that's just too obvious. Because I know you've seen that and we'll guess it like immediately. So I'm just going to skip on a little bit and say uh, 2014, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> no. 2015, Brooklyn. No, keep going. 2017, Ed Sheeran, Galway Girl. Oh, probably Liam Neeson. <laughs> Is that Liam Neeson? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to see him prancing around a field and yeah. 2017 they were in Loving Vincent uh, I don't know and then last one 2017 Lady Bird no give up it was Saoirse Ronan nominated for three Oscars Saoirse oh I wouldn't even have pronounced that anyway so that's four all uh, right uh, 1985 The Colour Purple uh, Whoopi Goldberg oh, well done oh hey <laughs> yes so a half hour quiz has finished. <laughs> it's a long one. <laughs> Time now for what we've been watching when we take a look at some of the films we've seen recently. Uh, a couple of films I'm going to talk about, both seen them on Netflix. Mm. Um, I have seen a Netflix original called The Discovery and it stars Jason Segel, Robert Redford, Jesse Plemons and it is is about a, a kind of, it's about a man who 
discovers proof of an afterlife and it causes a lot of people to commit suicide because they want to to, to get to the afterlife um and it's about him and his relationship with his sons and also this kind of it seems a bit like a cult but he's got a load of followers who come and live with him at this big mansion and it I found it to be an interesting concept that starts off really well and it's quite engaging at the start and then just loses my interest the more it goes on because it just kind of falls apart around itself, stops making sense um, and becomes a bit difficult to follow. And The Netflix way. That's yeah. how most of their shows start and finish. Yeah, it just, it, you know, while at the start you're like, all right, this is interesting, this is, this is good. I like Jason Segel anyway, and, and Robert Redford is Robert Redford, really. But yeah, uh, but it just gradually starts. You start thinking when you at the start and, and towards the middle, you're thinking, right, this is interesting, right? What's going on here? And then from ne- like the middle onwards, you're thinking, this is stupid now. Oh, this is a bit rubbish. Oh, is that it? And you, you're interested. It just wanes in the end, and you just think that was something that could have been really good really interesting really thought-provoking and it looked like it was going to go that way and it didn't um and ends up just being a, a bit of a disappointment really like a quite a, like you say quite like a like a quite a lot of netflix movies they're better at doing tv shows than movies i think but they still also have the same issue with some of their tv shows i feel like the oa was it the oa that that was called um which started like an it had an intriguing premise and then by like episode four, you're like, why am I still watching this? It's, yeah, yeah. But you know, I think they they do have a, a little bit of a habit of doing that. Narcos, as well, I think was great to begin with, and then by the end, it was just like, uh, well, it was enjoyable, I guess. But like for the first few episodes, it was just amazing. Mm. Yeah, so I think they do have a, a habit of tailing off in, in some of their shows. Yeah. 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 And the other thing I've seen is Money Monster, the film from a couple of years ago with George Clooney and Julia Roberts and um, Jack O'Connell. It's about a TV host presenter who kind of does a show based around stock tips, I think it is, or the stock market and what you should buy on and what you should Mm -hmm. sell. Um, And a a tip that he had given... um, lost a lot of people some money including this guy who comes onto the show and takes him hostage effectively uh as well as that it kind of goes into an investigation into this company that he he backed and some dodgy dealings that they're doing um again that's a film that should be a lot more exciting than what it is like it just ends up being quite very dull for a film where it should be really exciting and kind of high adrenaline high energy um it, you know there's there's not any like quick witty dialogue there's not really a great deal of action you never really feel any of the main characters are any in any real danger um the kind of investigation side of it is just by the books boring hmm i don't know, you know i thought not, it was okay i, I enjoyed the I mean, it's, it's fine it, yeah. it's fine it's just not great and it's a little bit boring for what it could be it's not that long though is it i mean it's only like an hour and a half no 
Which does help. It reminded me a little bit of Phone Booth in that it's quite a small cast, very close-knit set. Um, yeah. You know, but without Kiefer Sutherland coming along and killing people. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. It's not one that I'd watch again, but I'm not disappointed that I watched it. Yeah, I see, yeah. I got a free rental of this from Brooker, our old mate Brooker. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, um... He had some, I, I don't know, some one on his phone that gave him a free rental or I don't know what it was. I think it was through O2. And he just said, mm. do I want it? And I was like, yep, I'll take that and watch it for free. I didn't feel like I'd wasted my time. Um, no. I like Jack O'Connor. I like seeing him in, in different he's, roles. He's well, very so. good. Yeah. I think he's, he's a very good young actor mm. who I would very much like to see more of. Yeah. Have you seen the Western series that he's in on Netflix? No. No, I haven't either, but I've, I've heard it's incredible. Um, yeah. No, I do like him as well. Obviously, 71, which we've talked about in the past, and uh, yeah. how great he was in that. And there was another film that I've seen him in, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's like... Stardust, wasn't it? In the prison? Is, the one, um, is that the one where he's like a POW in World War Two? He starts out as a runner. Oh, no, that's Angelina Jolie's film, isn't it? That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can't remember... Unbroken, that's maybe, it. was the name of that's, that. Yeah, yeah that, that's a really good film as well. His dodgy Brooklyn accent, though. <laughs> well, yeah. you know. But to do an American uh, voice, it always happens. Yes. Owen, what have you seen? Uh, quite recently, I rewatched uh, Alien. And because uh, I've got, I, I own all the films and I thought I'd do an Alien binge. I watched the first one, thought it was amazing as ever. You know, just such a, such a great film. And uh, what kind of happened was I ran out of time. <laughs> I watched the first one like weeks and weeks ago. And it's got to the point now, I'm like, I can't really call it an alien binge if I only watched the first one. I had to look at the runtimes yeah. of the sequels and I thought, I'm not really in the mood for aliens either. So for the first time in about nearly a decade, I imagine, I watched Alien 3, uh, the David Fincher film. I always remember it as being... Not as good as the the other two. Um, some interesting points being made about uh, kind of motherhood and um, the kind of crippling anxiety that it instills and being trapped and all of her surroundings reflecting her uh, internal uh, emotions. And so it had a lot of interesting things to say, but without actually being that great a film, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I actually thought it was a lot better this time round. Uh, I think, I don't know, maybe I've just, my tastes in films have changed a bit more, but I got a lot more out of it on the, on this rewatch. And it's it's not a scary film. I think that's probably its biggest failing, is in, in that it tries to be this sort of alien um, replica in it's all claustrophobic and they're all trapped in this thing they can't get out of like originally of course they were trapped on a spaceship and now they're trapped inside a, a prison with no weapons and no hope of rescue um so there's there's that side to it which i think is quite good and sigourney weaver she's she's great she's not given great lines to work with but uh she does well with it uh, her story seems a bit rushed to me as well like everything that goes on between her and um, oh, what's his name, the, the uh, Charles Dance, the Doctor, he, it just seems a bit rushed. Like the way they get together is all a, a bit like 
too soon into the story. I've heard that mm. the way that the director's cut is edited gives a lot more, uh, makes a lot more sense out of um, their relationship. I haven't seen the director's cut. I will do it at some point. It's definitely down for me to, to watch. Um, but I think what I've, I heard recently, I was um, talking to Sean Wilson, who's a um, film reviewer, and he was telling me about how Aliens was cut and uh, what was cut out of James Cameron's film was a story about how Ripley had a daughter who died. Which Right. Did you know about that? No. No, that was the first time I heard about it too. They cut that story out of it, um, which is a real shame, but that gives a lot more meaning to the relationship with Newt, I think, in that, you know, Newt in Aliens is the almost surrogate daughter. Um because always previously, I just thought Newt was one of the more annoying points of it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that gives that more meaning. And also, if you watch Alien 3, it, the fact that she's kind of pregnant, if you know that she's had a child and lost a child and has also lost Newt at the beginning of this one, um, mm-hmm. it also gives a lot more uh, purpose to how she doesn't want to give birth, even to an alien. She would rather be... Um, stabbed or shot or well, obviously not shot because they haven't got any guns but yeah I don't know I just thought that was that was great in this as well actually this time around so now I understand a bit more about Ripley's history and past uh, it just makes the film more interesting uh, what I thought also let it down as well as the fact that it's not really that great as a horror film uh, was the, the soundtrack I just thought the soundtrack was really cheesy um, very, very 1992, uh, which is obviously when the film came out. But, uh, I mean, it sounds like I'm, I'm ragging on it again, but I did enjoy it, and I will definitely seek out the um, the director's cut at some point. Yeah. Probably won't watch Resurrection, though, during my um, so-called binge. Uh, okay. Yeah, I might skip that one. It's always, I don't yeah. think that's going to improve on a rewatch. <laughs> Bag of shite, that is. Okay, so you've also seen Rampage. Ra- yeah, Rampage. Um, I explained to you the only reason I went to see it was uh, on my way out of work today. Uh, there was a massive queue that wasn't moving due to uh, a main road being completely closed just at rush hour. And so um, I thought, well, sod this. Instead of going straight on towards the, the roundabout where the accident had blocked everything, uh, I just turned the car around and went in the opposite direction, straight to the cinema. The only thing that was on at six o'clock uh, was Rampage, the comic, not comic, but the video game adaptation by Brad Payton, starring his mate, his good pal, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and uh, also starring Naomi Harris. Yeah, uh, what to say about Rampage that people won't already have assumed about it? I mean... For anyone who didn't play Rampage, has never played the classic sort of arcade game, the whole purpose of that is you smash buildings. You play as a big gorilla and you beat the clock to smash some buildings whilst airplanes and helicopters and soldiers all come and try and shoot you down. It's basically like a bit of King Kong, but more violent, obviously. And the way that the film plays out, obviously there's no story to follow in so many, in, you know, any great depth from the arcade classic but this is essentially Dwayne the Rock Johnson as a primatologist which is apparently 
an actual um, profession. You could be a primatologist. Uh, seeing The Rock as a scientist is a bit weird. Um, Does that mean you, you're studying primatology then? He's not studying. He is a qualified primatologist. Oh. Mm. Yeah. What it basically means is they've got a setup to link a big, massive rock, like a big, massive action star with a film about a big white albino gorilla that goes and smashes things. And that's essentially what happens. Shit. Oh, you need really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Shit falls out of space, turns a couple of creatures into ginormous monsters, and they go and smash up Chicago. That's that's the story. And it's about as good as it sounds. What I was surprised by, actually, was the way that it cast aside some characters. Like Joe Manganiello, uh, he's one of the bigger names in the, the movie, Wasn't re- he wasn't really in it for very long. He didn't have a massive part to play, which seems a surprise. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was given a lot to do um, and played a kind of weird cowboy character which was always a bit cheesy every time he was on screen. Um, so I wasn't so, so sure about that. But I th- what I thought worked really well was they kept the leads as Dwayne Johnson and Naomi Harris. There were other people in it, obviously. Um, Marlene Ackerman, she was the, the kind of bad guy, if you like. And, and just other people now and then popped up. Um, but yeah, it was basically... The Rock and Naomi Harris, and they were actually thought thought they worked quite well together, and yeah, it does what it says on the tin. Basically, it's a big action disaster movie. Uh, Dwayne Johnson's worked with Brad Payton in the past as well. Um, just trying to remember what it was. They both did San Andreas for a start, um, so you know their background is in uh, disaster movies when they work together. San Andreas Two which should be coming out in a couple of years, I think, next year or the year after. Um, they work together on Journey 2, The Mysterious Island. And so, yeah, he knows how to direct The Rock. He knows how to show off The Rock's qualities in a movie like this. It, it wasn't the waste of time I half expected it to be. You know, it was a, there was actually a bit more going on. I think it tried to make a point... I don't know whether I was just reading too much into it at this point, but I think it tried to make a point about how useless um, and how pointless in society guns are. Because basically what happens in one scene, The Rock saves George, the gorilla, from being shot. You know, he he manages to calm uh, George down without any um, interference from the police. And... Which I think is probably a bit of a commentary, and then obviously throughout the whole film, as George gets bigger and angrier, uh, he has a mutation, which means he can heal really quickly. So the the guns that are used on him don't stop him. So I think it it's probably a bit of social commentary going on there. Uh, but otherwise, it's no great shakes. It's it's fine. I ate a bag of sweets through the whole thing, which probably helped to stop me from drifting off at certain periods where they were trying to be all melodramatic. Uh, but yeah, it was all right. What what also Good. struck me was the use of um, motion capture, because it seems like they know how to do it with apes now. You know, we've yeah. had the Planet of the Apes films. We had King Kong. Was it last year or the year before? Um, yeah, we've got this now in Rampage. 
the way that the people behind the motion capture stuff move, the way that the animation works with these these um, style creatures is actually pretty good. It's pretty impressive. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's it really. I don't have a, a huge amount to add. I think if you've seen the trailer, if you even know a little bit about The Rock's career history and monster movies, then, you know, you might get something out of it. It's not the absolute worst film ever made as... Uh, some film snobs make out, but uh, you know yeah. it's okay. It's watchable. You might, you might. Okay. If people still watched films on TV these days, then it might be the okay thing to watch on a Sunday afternoon. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, that is it pretty much. But what have you got to recommend people for the the time ahead? Uh, yeah. Okay. I haven't seen it yet which is frustrating because we've supposedly got press access to it. But um, season six of Taskmaster starts on Dave next week. Starts on um, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, May the 2nd at 9pm on Dave. Um, do you watch Taskmaster? Uh, I don't. You definitely should. I think it's one of the, the most funny shows uh, around at the moment. It's um, hosted by Greg Davis and uh, his kind of sidekick, but also mastermind of Taskmaster, uh, which is Alex Horn, um, who also released the Horn Davis uh, Horn, also released the Horn Section podcast uh, this year, which was great, which is brilliant. It was a lot like his old radio show, um, which is a lot of fun. But yeah, the, the, I guess the main thing people want to know about the new series of Taskmaster, who's who is in it, because every season changes. Uh, it's got Alice Levine, who is, uh, you probably heard her if you ever listened to My Dad Wrote a Porno. Uh, she's on that podcast. It's got Asim Chowdhury, who's from People Just Do Nothing. He's the kind of manager, would you say he's a manager? He calls himself a manager of those guys, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. It's also got Lisa Tarbuck. Uh, Tim Vine is on it. That should be quite fun. But probably the biggest name they've managed to get in so far, I think, is uh, Russell Howard will be on Taskmaster. Right. Which I think he's friends with Alex Horn in real life. You know, they could mm. good pals and everything. But um, yeah, Russell Howard is in Taskmaster, a show on Dave, which is a bit of a coop for them, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah. When, Wednesday, um, 9 p.m., definitely, even without having seen it yet, it's definitely something I'm, I'm recommending. Particularly for you, Steve, if you've not watched any of them before. Okay. Yeah. How about you? What are you recommending? I am recommending on Netflix a show that's now two seasons in, but it's a Santa Clarita diet. Mm-hmm. The um, <clears throat> Drew Barrymore, Timothy Oliphant yep. uh, sitcom uh, about Drew Barrymore's character, who is, I suppose, a zombie in many ways. She's dead. Yep. She's undead, but she's like conscious. You know, she's aware of what's going on she's not like a brains uh, yeah, zombie yeah. trying to yeah and they're a re- um, they uh real estateers aren't they or something yeah, yeah real realtors that's it which doesn't seem to be a bigger deal in the uk as what it is in america yeah because it, the system over there is a lot different it just seems to be like they're estate agents yeah i think it does it works slightly different out, out in america um, because you have to. to get a license and then you can just go and sell people's mm. property yeah yeah but anyway, so yeah, so I I thought it was very funny and very well done, and yeah, just just a good watch. I think um, Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oli- Timothy Oliphant, um, Timmy, good good big, old pal Timmy, yeah, 
Timmy Ele- Timmy Elephants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's uh uh yeah, I think they work very well together as a, as a duo. They're very good. Yeah. Um and the support cast is good as well. So it's well worth a watch. Or if you don't get on with that but you want a comedy that's on Netflix the good place as well is is great. Yeah, I watched it on your strong recommendation. Um Yeah. It is a a, a lot of fun. Really good. Really good yeah. show. Basically mimics um Lost in many ways, but yeah. obviously it's funny rather than super yeah. dramatic. I did quite like the the one of the end scenes of season two with with Ted dancing behind a bar. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I did. I'm still not sure about his, the the twist with his character, but you know, it's obviously working because yeah. the show's still very watchable. Yes. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that that's it for us and our sixth birthday. Yeah. Um, what were you doing on your sixth birthday? I think I had a party where I tried to cheat at uh, pin the tail on the donkey and oh, pissed everyone off. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, I remember. probably got sick eating too much jelly and ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Classic. Nothing Steve. has changed. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing has changed in the last 20 odd years. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as always, when we get to a milestone like this, obviously we would like to thank James Diamond for coming up with this idea and then abandoning us to make it better. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and all the other people we've had contribute regularly. So Jerry, Carol, um, Matt Lamborn, uh, obviously. Brooke, yeah. Matt Lamborn, Brooker, Paul Field, um, Brian Plank, everybody else. Tony Brian, Black. Yeah. Um, Callum, of course. Yeah. Did you say Callum? Um, I did say Carol. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and, and everybody else who's contributed regularly, all of you lot who who spend your time listening to this, and of course myself, because without me this wouldn't have been possible. You you literally, I think, thanked everyone in the history of the podcast, but me. So you know, well, you're, yeah, <laughs> you're you're here though. I'm not taking I mean, it personally. No, no. We'll just see if we ever do. No, thanks, these. thanks to you, <laughs> thanks to you as well, Owen, oh, for cheers, putting Steve. up with me for putting up with me for six years. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we haven't even met each other once per year. That's true. Have we? No, the equivalent three of times it. in total, isn't it? Two or three times. Yeah. 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 Man, that is sad. I talk, I talk to you more than I talk to some people I would, I am very close to. Yeah, but we're we're blokes. We're we're blokes. You don't talk to people uh, that openly in real life, do you? It's just not no. not manly. No, no bloody blokey blokes. Yeah, we have a yeah. topic to share. We come and chat about it online, and then sign off for mm. a, a week or longer. Now, <laughs> yeah, do you know, I just I thought the other day, like if, if I died, yeah, would I know? You would probably, you would probably wouldn't even know. You just think that I'd got fed up with all of you and stopped doing podcasts. Yeah, that's true. Whereas for me, what you're expecting? That's quite. That's, big that's quite sad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, you're gonna give me your mom's phone number, and then I'll just I'll text her every week and say, Is "Steve, all right." We can just say, "Steve, okay." <laughs> She'd probably end up texting you more asking the same <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, we need to set up some sort of alert. Oh, you'll you'll know. Trust me, you'll know. Just through our psychic connection. So yeah. Something goes off in like a spider sense, and like Steve, something's happened mm. to Steve. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, so that is it for our sixth birthday special. The next time we'll be back will probably be for the Han Solo movie. Um, So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you then. Thank you very much. 
remember to listen on after the credits for our review of Infinity War. Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, with contributions from different guests every week, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com from the track The Bandit, remixed by James Yule, who you can find at jamesyule.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Failed Critics, on iTunes and all good podcast apps, or you can check us out at failedcritics.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating or a review. And why not check out our sister podcasts, Character Unlock and Field and Mullinger's Underground Nights from the Failed Media Network of Podcasts. Thanks for listening. So we are here at the end of this um, sex birthday special to do a review of Avengers Infinity War, which we didn't plan on doing when we started doing the sixth birthday podcast that <laughs> we decided to do after we both saw Infinity War about 48 hours later. So, um, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I hadn't actually started editing the podcast yet. So I thought, yeah. you know what? We can just tag this on the end. Yeah, we can just um, do a bit of Infinity hmm. War and it'll be fine. Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. But you've had you've had longer than me to think about this because you saw the midnight screening and then you've already written a review of it as well. Yeah, as I as I was doing the review for another parish, um I decided to <laughs> go to the midnight viewing screening. Um so I saw it as pretty much as soon as I could. I think you only saw it yesterday, didn't you, Owen? Yeah, I went to it on um Yesterday is in Thursday evening. Yeah. Um, and I've not really had anyone to talk to about it because, uh, well, I've talked to my wife, Felisa, about it. But, and uh, all she said is shut up about these bloody superhero movies, Owen. Well, she surprised me, actually, because <laughs> she said to me, um, I enjoyed that. Normally, I have to say, what did you think of it then? Um, before she just gives a response. Normally, it's just like, yeah, it was another film, wasn't it? But this time was a proper like, yeah, I enjoyed that. And I think that's kind of reflective how uh, most of the first impressions have been yeah. from what I've uh, gathered online today on Twitter and, and such. Yeah. I, I feel like we should get the negatives out of the way first so we can talk about what we like. Well, I think we should it. probably make it doubly clear to everybody that this review will contain spoilers. Yes, definitely yeah. will contain spoilers. So if you listen yeah. beyond this point, it's your own fault if you ruin mm. it for yourself. But I mean, what I didn't like is mostly the last 15 minutes. And I thought that from the moment um, Thanos turned back time with the gauntlet, I was like, okay, so nothing's going to actually change now. That's going to be it. He's going to um, win this this movie, if you like, or maybe I didn't expect that it would finish where it did. So I thought maybe they're going to try and fit that into this one as well. Yeah. Which I'm kind of glad they didn't fit a, you know, a, a forced in resolve for that whole thing because it would have just been squished into an already long yeah. runtime and wouldn't have been do- done any justice but as soon as he did that sort of turn back time thing and pulled the stone out of vision's head i was like yeah this means that um this is their get out so anything that happens from this point on is pointless and really just a bit shallow because you know what's going to happen it's obvious what's going to happen yeah I think it's obvious. We were talking a little bit about this just before we started recording um, again. But I think it just means absolutely every major thing that happened from that point onwards, from all the character deaths, because there were plenty of them, um, to, uh, you know, the, the even the, the final post credit stinger with uh, 
the Captain Marvel logo. I just yeah. like everything from that point on is. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really think about that until after the fact, sort of until the next day. When it happened, mm. uh, I was I was pretty surprised with the character deaths. The, using the, the, the time stone to turn back time to, to, to deal with Vision and get the stone from him, that, mm. yeah, was, was fairly not predictable but like it was logical when it happened the all the characters dying uh or not all of them but you know half the characters dying mm. that genuinely surprised me that they did that with so many of them and it wasn't until kind of afterwards i thought well yeah they've got the time stone infinity you know so yeah, that that yeah. can obviously and the reality gel i suppose if it can wipe out after people it can bring them back as well but anyway, you know they, they've got, well, exactly, they've, got yeah. the, they've got the means to bring these people back, and I thought, well, yeah, that would be quite predictable to do it that way. Maybe they won't, but I wouldn't mm. know how how else they would do it. But then it surprised me for them to kill off, you know, Spider Man, Black Panther, um, Star Lord, and some lesser but still big characters with that last 15 minutes. So mm. we might be wrong. They might do something to, to bring them back to completely surprise. Cause we know really that at least some of them will be back for, because of the films that are lined up. Although between now and the next Avengers, there are two films There's Captain Marvel and then there's uh, yeah. Ant-Man and, and what? Yeah. And, Ca- and Captain Marvel is, is set in the eighties, I believe. Um, I think it might be the 90s. It's, it's definitely set. Um, I mean, I know that Nick Fury's going to be in it without his eye patch. Yeah. So it's yeah. definitely set before this. And Ant-Man and the Wasp is apparently set between the events of Civil War and Infinity Wars. Because mm-hmm. um, they did explain away briefly why Hawkeye and Ant-Man weren't in this, didn't they? Yeah, there was a throwaway line. Um, yeah, it. just to do with them, because they've got families, it was too dangerous to be an avenger so they took mm. a deal that meant they didn't have to be involved or something after civil war and them being criminals technically and all that kind of stuff um so yeah so that at least we had an explanation as to where they were well yeah it's the kind, of thing, yeah. It's the kind of thing that would have annoyed certain people isn't it well, why weren't they there? Oh, they didn't even get mentioned where they were. It happens in all these kind of ensemble films. You know, people mm. are still asking the new Star Wars ones. Why has Lando not turned up yet? Yeah. Where's it's... Boba Fett and all that? And people just ask these questions. So it's probably best just to put in a line to explain away why they're not there. Mm. But... Uh, as presumably they'll be back in um, Avengers 4. Well, I just thought so. It depends, doesn't it? I mean, I guess because they'll have such a small team... Because it's basically all the Avengers are gone, you know. There's only yeah. I mean, who's 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 left? You've got you've got the two. The, you've got three of the big deals left, though. You've got Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man left. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, because um, they're the bankers, aren't they? Yeah, you know? and then you then then there's there's Nebula, um, Rocket. Machine, Rocket. Um, oh, they've still got the Hulk as well. Oh uh, yeah. If well, they can get him out. They've got Bruce Banner. What do you think was going on there then? Do you think he was just Hulk was embarrassed about losing last time. Was he scared? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what yeah. it was, which was quite funny. Yeah, yeah. In itself, I quite liked the scene with um, Banner in the Hulkbuster suit, beating off all what those uh, yeah. space dogs. I think he called them. <laughs> yeah. So that that kind of covers the ending. So we've started with the ending, which mm. doesn't make much sense. Um, obviously, the end of the film was Thanos 
looking out over everything. Yeah. Actually, just before that point as well, there was a scene where um, there was a brief glimmer of hope for me, I thought, was when, you know, after he clicked the fingers and uh, yeah. when Thor said, what have you done? You could see mm. that the gauntlet was all burnt. And I thought, hmm, maybe that means that, you know, it's done for, oh no, he's going through a portal. So <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe the things don't work anymore, but then he blasted yeah. himself off to his home planet. Which, yeah. did you um, know Titan, that is the planet where he's, he's called he's called home um yeah in the original comics he did come from titan but as in saturn's moon that's where he lived right inside saturn's oh. moon. yeah titan but obviously it's a different titan <laughs> you'd assume so yeah. yeah he would be going up to saturn's moon yeah mind you it didn't take long to get in the the black or the guy spaceship with from there to titan did it yeah that's true but i mean that I mean, I mean, we, it would take a lot longer. Apart, we're, picking, we're picking apart space travel in a superhero movie, so yeah. yeah. So, um, what's what did you like about it then, Steve? Pretty much all of it. To all be of honest. it. <laughs> there wasn't much I didn't like. Um, yeah, I, again, I like I like the humour and the jokes and the one-liners. Um, as always, with well, not as always, because Marvel films always try and put them in, but sometimes it works better than others. Yeah, um, and it worked really well in this, I think. Yeah, there was a lot of sort of throwaway ones, yeah. like um, Spider-Man saying, have you guys seen the really old movie Aliens? Which well, it's the same, <laughs> thing he, it's same thing he did in Civil Wars. And have you seen that old movie Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. It's a nice little throwback. The, yeah. yeah. And so the whole you know, thing for the thing from the trailer <laughs> as well, where he's, you know, are we, are we using our made up names then? OK, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> it's a nice little throwaway line, I think, but it, it adds a lot yeah. of humour to it. And um, uh, Drax saying he looks like a... A pirate and an angel and a baby. <laughs> the whole thing when the whole thing when Thor meets Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and Star Lord's doing his his fake voice. Yeah, it, it's just great. <laughs> yeah, his insecurities about it was just hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I did I did like where is Gamora? Who is Gamora? No, why is Gamora? Yeah, I'll do you one better. Was, why is yeah. Gamora? <laughs> I, and, and of course, I think my favourite line of the whole thing was, I am Groot, I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> and that was good. I was going to say, one of my other favourite sort of throwaway jokey things was um, when um, War Machine and Falcon landed in Wakanda. And he says, are you supposed to bow? And he goes, he's a king. And then he starts bow and says, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was good as well. Um, it was. It had a nice blend of humour, and I think what ha yeah. what helped with those humorous bits was because it. One of the ways that they decided to tell this story was basically through a series of battles, and the battles punctuate like the um, like almost if each chapter of the film is a sentence. Like the punctuation is they have a fight, right? But to kind yeah. of ease you into the next bit, they always start with a joke or. A, uh, a moment yeah. of, of humour to add a bit of brevity. And I think that the way they yeah. constructed it was just quite uh, clever because it, it unlike uh, Age of Ultron, which was just a series of CGI fights and culminated mm. in a big destruction of a city that you didn't even know about, really. You had no connection yeah. to. There was um, It was handled more deftly this time. So I think yeah. has to go, credit has to go to... Uh, um, to to the screenwriters really, and of course to to the directors because uh, they're the ones that actually handled how that all took place. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I just thought it was told really well, uh, which I was a little bit concerned about. But, you know, the way that Anthony Russo and Joe Russo um, handled Captain America 3, it shouldn't have been any doubt, really, should it? Yeah. I think I think probably the, another challenge for this one was, though, that um, there's so many characters in this and also so many characters coming from different... I know they're all superhero films, but you've got... Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy coming into this and they're obviously all set in space so every Guardians of the Galaxy film we've had it's all been quite space orientated different planets all kind of things mm. like that um, you've had now you've got Doctor Strange it's all magic and mystical and, and Thor from the Asgard thing from the last side of it and then you've got um, the Earth based heroes and it all kind of merges they've all melded that into nothing kind of really feels awkwardly in there and kind of well, they kind of just tack this bit in just to get them in there Mm. Um, so it's, it's a bit more of a challenge than just say Avengers Assemble where it was all the Earth based heroes plus Thor um, exactly so it's, yeah. all, it's all from the same kind of reality I suppose mm. although did you notice because there was no Ant-Man in this as we explained and he's not um, but also no um, Hawkeye he wasn't in it at yeah. all and he wasn't even sort of mentioned was he well, only in the line where they explained why he wasn't about. Did they explain why he wasn't there? Yeah, they said the same for um, same for why he and Ant Man weren't there, didn't they? What was the explanation for, for Hawkeye? It was the same as what it was for oh, Ant Man. Just, that they both he's with family. family. Oh, yeah, because they first they first asked when um, when they all met up at Avengers Towers with War Machine, mm. and you know Ross said to arrest him, he's like, "Yeah, I ain't gonna do that." Um, and they said, "Where's Clint?" And he said, Clint and Scott are doing whatever because they got families. And then somebody who hadn't been around for a while at that scene, Bruce Banner, he said, who's Scott? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now I remember. so there's that yeah. bit there where they explained where both Clint, uh, where Hawkeye and Ant-Man were. Mm. So, well, at least it keeps them back for the next one, you know, to start off with. Yeah. I just, you know, in a different location. So you had Titan and New York and Wakanda where the main battles were taking place and it all just varied up really nicely as well. Mm. Mm. Kind of different locales for different things. Uh, Wakanda looked great as usual. What did you think of the, uh, like, ironmongery place with Peter Dinklage as a giant dwarf? That, that was the worst bit but i yeah. think that was more down to peter dinklage rather than and his character and the cgi on it looked pretty rubbish as well it's funny you should say that yeah that's the same thing rather, we were talking rather than rather than the actual bit of the film mm. because there was some good bits in that film thor trying to keep that thing open on his own um and group making the handle for Stormbreaker. yeah and that kind of those kind of bits they 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 worked quite well um but it, I just didn't really get on with Peter Dinklage's character in it. No, I didn't think he was particularly well. He was just doing his, he was just doing his Game of Thrones voice, wasn't he? Yeah, basically. Mm. So you know, with because um, Loki's dead, right? He was the first to go, basically. Yeah. Well, if we if we talk quickly about the confirmed, I suppose not. Well, nothing's confirmed, I suppose. But mm. uh, with the ones that weren't killed by the Infinity Gauntlet, yeah. So Lo- Loki, uh, Gamora. Uh, Heimerdahl. Yeah. For the three. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what's happened to Korg, which is a real shame. Mm, yeah, that's true. I mean, I was, sure there was a, I was sure there was a line in there that said that half half the Asgardians survived. 
like he let because Thanos' whole thing is killing half of everybody mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a line in there that said or kind of gave the hint that half the people on that Asgardian ship survived um, and I th- hopefully Korg is one of those half of them and I think Valkyrie probably as well because she was a quite popular character in Ragnarok and the way they're, they're making such a big deal about strong female characters I think mm. she's probably survived somehow yeah they'll probably come into the, the next one as well then I imagine yeah uh, you know because they did leave out a couple of people um, we didn't get any mentions um, so uh, yeah so I mean in terms of the ones that have survived there's obviously going to be a big team up to kick off the next one yeah, um, I, I think I think Logan, just to go back, I think Heimdall's definitely gone um, because I just don't think there's anything else you can do with him really. Mm. I think Loki is definitely gone, which is a shame because he was a great character, um, a, a great villain. But I think his his arc is done. There's not really much else they can do with him, especially as he was now kind of on this kind of redemption arc. Mm. Um, like he he'd turned from being against Thor and Asgard to kind of supporting them. His last act was trying to kill Thanos. Well, I think we had um, Brian on this podcast uh, sometime late last year, and we were talking about this sort of thing. And he he explained Loki as just he's the god of mischief. So he's not evil. He's not evil. He's not good. He just likes to be mischievous. Or he not even likes it. He just, that's what he is compelled to do. So it did seem like in Ragnarok and. and the bits of him we saw in Infinity War that he had changed more from bad to good. You know, he was he was forming a positive relationship with Thor, and he did care about Asgard and its people, um, and things yeah. like that. So it did seem like he was changing. It makes you wonder, though, if they do reverse time, how far back do they go? Do you think? Mm. Because the I, film I, I, started I, I, with Thanos yeah. kicking all their asses. Yeah. Yeah. That's how he was introduced. I, yeah, because one of the first lines of the film is is we've got a Hulk, which is what they said to to Loki in Avengers Assemble. Yeah. When and then, but then Hulk obviously got beat by Thanos mm. without um, the Infinity Stones. Yeah. Yeah. Or a cup. Well, did he have a couple of them at that point? Uh, I think he was taking one, wasn't he? He wanted the Tesseract, yeah. which was the second one. Yeah, I think I think Gamora is a is it possible to come back and I think that Thanos will possibly revert time to get her back because it's his daughter and he's probably going to think what's the point of you know he clearly oh, I don't, I loved don't, her and cared about her I don't necessarily think it will be Thanos who undoes everything I think they'll take the Infinity Gauntlet off him and then someone mm, like Captain I just, America I just, think, I just think he'll want to bring Gamora back and that's the way that he can do it unless it's Quill who does it yeah yeah Oh, but yeah, I mean, there's so many, there's so many ways they could go with the next instalment, and I can't even predict how they're going to do it because I couldn't really predict a lot of the stuff that happened in this one. Um, there were some unpredictable bits in it. I don't think it was particularly shocking, but like, no, I think I said in my review for Set the Tape, there was nothing groundbreaking in terms of how a superhero movie is done. Mm. It was quite formulaic. It was just bloody good yeah they did it really well but it was it wasn't like breaking the mold it was you know the same pattern that most superhero films take mm. but done yeah but like it's but, but done excellently yeah definitely um but i mean some of the, the surprises for me um i liked the cameo for red skull 
because you yeah, know I, that, I completely forgot nowhere. about him yeah yeah uh, I thought his uh, place in the story was it'd be interesting to know what happened to him because you know he got blasted there by uh, uh, at the end of the first Captain America film didn't he and we've not yeah. even heard his name mentioned since then well he said it was a tesseract that did something to him to transport him to where he was yeah so yeah yeah, well, because he didn't have any legs. He was floating around. Yeah. Yeah, so something's happened. Um, unless he is just a phantom, a soul or something like that. I don't know. Was mm. It wasn't explained. I guess it didn't need to be, but it was quite a cool sort of, huh, yeah. completely forgot about you. <laughs> so that was a yeah. nice surprise. Um, I liked as well when, uh, even though I've you know, moaned about that final 15 minutes, the bit where Thanos is pushing down on Captain America and he, he can't actually squash him with his hand. Because yeah. that was quite a nice, uh, not necessarily a callback, but like if you, was it in, it wasn't in um, Civil War, I don't think. I think it might have been in Age of Ultron, where Captain America moves Thor's hammer. Yeah, it was Age of Ultron, wasn't it? Yeah. Having a party when Ultron revealed himself, and now Thor's trying to explain about his hammer and how you can only move it if you're worthy, and they all have a go at lifting it. Mm. Um, and then, um, yeah, Captain America tries and it twitches a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, so the, I, in a similar sort of way to that happening, it was quite quite cool. Mm. Um, it, that's what kind of makes me think that maybe Captain America will wield the gauntlet in the next one. Yeah, I think it'll be him like, who, who yeah. does everything. I like some of the um, the team ups that, that we got that we don't usually mm. or haven't seen before. I, I, I like the way that. Um, you know, they split um, Rocket, Groot, and and Thor were together. I mm-hmm. thought that was really good. Yeah. Um, and and seeing just like I said, some of the combinations that you don't usually see. So, uh, Iron Man with the Guardians of the Galaxy, or Iron Man with Doctor Strange. Yeah. Earlier on as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- I, I thought Doctor Strange was good. Enough. I liked Doctor Strange in this more than I liked him in his own film. He. Uh, yeah, it was quite good to see him and Iron Man together because it just shows you like they're not just like good guys. They are both egotistical and, you know, yeah. putting those two types of characters yeah. together is going to clash and, and cause a bit of friction. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That, that we, did, quite we, well. didn't ha- we didn't we didn't have um, Iron Man meeting up with Captain America in this film. So we kind of needed another good guy to for uh, Tony Stark to pit himself against. Yeah. So, you know, to fight their ideas off against each other and everything. Mm. Um, Yeah. 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 I I think, personally, I think, going back to Doctor Strange quickly, I think that the scenario that's playing out is, I said this to you earlier, Mm. um, you know, when he was sort of, he was going through all the different scenarios and they said, um, you know, he said, oh, I've been looking for every different, I've been looking for all the different ways this would play out. Um, How many have you looked through? 14 million. How many do we, how many do we win? One. I think this is the one, which is why when he disappears, he said to, to Tony, it had to be this way or something to that effect. Mm. Because because he knows what's going to happen. He he knows that they are going to win. Um, he knows how they're going to win. He probably knows that he isn't actually going to be dead. And that's why he's kind of said that and he didn't look too whereas you had Spider-Man like hugging Tony Stark mm. and going I don't want to go and you had Doctor Strange who seemed quite at peace with it all 
and after that point, he you know he gave the time stone to Thanos after doing that thing where he saw all the different things play out. So I've kind of got an inclination that he knows what's going on. He knows that this had to happen for the Thanos to be defeated. See, I saw it as him, um, the little, I can't remember the exact word, but as he was disappearing, he said something like this, is, this was inevitable or there was no, uh, I can't remember what, exactly what he said. But anyway, I thought it was him basically admitting that there was no way for them to. Yeah, I took Thanos. it as, I took it as that, as he said, there was one outcome that they won. Mm. I took it as what is happening now is that outcome. Yeah, they all so have to die whatever, for yeah. them to sort him out. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, who knows what they're going to do in the next installment? I mean, it's already finished filming. It's out next year, so luckily we've not got too long to wait. Mm. Um, I mean, if it was like three years down the line, it'd be a right pain. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. At least it's not too far. I mean, like, um, yeah. what was quite good about this, and uh, and why I I wouldn't mind watching another one um, to sort of tie this up. Uh, I thought Josh Brolin as Thanos was actually really good. I thought the way the yeah, character was written yeah. was, was, was Cause, considering cause he, the not, standard of their villains in MCU, yeah. he was really... I mean, uh, yeah, he had a lot of depth. Have, villains seem to be quite a difficult thing to pull off in a superhero movie of late. Yeah. Um, because you kind of... They kind of never seem that menacing and they, their motives are always quite flaky yeah. and you never you know you always kind of know that they're gonna end up losing um i mean who else have the mcu done well loki obviously we've everyone kind of raves about him um i liked ronan the the accuser yeah Yeah. i thought he was good he's gonna be back in captain marvel as well is he yeah yeah he is he's um the same guy lee pace yeah he's been cast as ronan he's gonna be in captain marvel it's gonna involve him in some way ah That'd be quite interesting. Because you know, yeah. do you know much about Captain Marvel? Uh, no. Okay. She's not the first Captain Marvel, is she? Well, because the... perhaps she's a first human one or something. Yeah, the original one, or the one that fought with Thanos in the comics, he was um, a bloke. And it, basically the way it works is you've... I think the, the souls are entwined. So you've got like a guy, I can't remember his name, but he's just a typically... Uh, wisecracking New Yorker, um, yeah. and he and uh, Captain Marvel, M A R, and then V E double L. I think his name is um, like yeah. Kal El would be in Superman. He's um, they can swap places, so one becomes the subconscious and talks to to the other one, who's in control of her body uh, and moves around, yeah. and then they swap back again. And because Marvel is a um, Cree, he's a okay. Um, yeah, he's a different type of alien race. But he, um, uh, he and uh, Thanos have a bit of a do. Um, but yeah, th- th- so like, uh, so how this one's going to work with Brie Larson? I don't know. I don't know whether they'll keep the whole dynamic of switching between a earthly form and a alien Cree form. Mm. I don't know if that'll that'll stay. Uh, yeah, but but you know, I, I'm quite li- looking forward to seeing it. I think it might it might yeah. just be one of these. Like, every so often, don't they? Marvel throw out a, a film that's different. It's not just a beat 'em up type yeah. thing. 
you know they yeah, have well, I mean, all the, all the different, and stuff. yeah all the different um heroes or seem to have their own kind of style of movie hmm. um so yeah um I, Thor was the one who got the most in this, I think, though, wasn't he? He was the kind of big... I know there's there's a lot of main you know, characters, Captain America and I, but Thor seemed to be the person who was who got all the best lines, who got all the best scenes, who got all the best action, who had the most to do, the biggest character arc in the film, and other than perhaps Thanos himself. And yeah. It seems... It's, yeah. Yeah, Maybe it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, he was probably the driving character behind it because yeah. it op- obviously opened with him, and he was the one who landed the blow in uh, yeah. in the final part. Uh, yeah, and he should have gone for the head. Staying yeah, said. and the scene where he turns up in Wakanda is is great. Mm. Proper Thor moment, and that's what yeah you know was not that there was anything wrong particularly with uh, Ragnarok, but you know he, there wasn't much thawing going on. You no, know, him smashing a load of things with a big shiny weapon that throws well, lightning everywhere. Now, isn't he? Yeah, no hammer, it's an axe. Because mm, his sister, who was from hell, <laughs> like that was another good scene where he was describing to Gamora what happened to him and how he'd yeah. been through so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Will just I did, walks I in did front also of him. Like meet meet my friends, rabbit and tree. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Rocket trying to get Bucky's arm. Yeah, I'm gonna get that arm. Yeah, I liked it a lot actually. Well, you know, I, I'm tempted yeah. if I wasn't, I'm going to see, um, I think it's seven Arnold Schwarzenegger films in a row, one of them overnight yeah. screenings this weekend. If I oh, wasn't okay. doing that, I would have, geez, seven, yeah, it's going start, starts at 9 p.m. and ends at 11 20 in the morning. Remember when I tried doing that with the Star Wars? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm definitely um, going to sleep through yeah. some of them. Yeah, mm. I will definitely go and see Infinity Wars again. I mean, obviously, it makes it a lot easier financially if you have a unlimited card or equivalent. Mm. Um, but I expect I will go again at the, at the weekend. Um, Was your midnight screening 3D or 2D? 2D. I don't unless a film is specifically made for 3D. I won't bother with 3D. So like Gravity or Avatar, yeah. But they were made. They were made with 3D in mind. The other times I've seen 3D films, I don't think it's been worth it if they've not been made for 3D. So I just go to 2D. Yeah, I always think of uh, Dread as a good example of doing 3D properly. Yeah, that was actually um, part of how the whole. Reality yeah. was supposed to shift in dread, wasn't it? When you took that drug yeah. and you made it work. With so no, 3D. Was, like like I predicted on the on the uh, before with a midnight screening, uh, no adverts, just trailers straight in. Nice, yeah, that's good. Didn't have to see, didn't have to see that toss of Ben and all his people. He's got three <laughs> months of unlimited for. Yeah, I I ate Ben. It's nearly enough to make me can my unlimited card. <laughs> <laughs> just to stick Did it to him. Smug little face every time yeah. I go in there. Oh, I'm Ben, and I got three months unlimited. Forget my girlfriend, Cinema, Cinema World Unlimited, and my plumber as well. Shut up, Ben. <laughs> yeah, stealing all the uh, extra months from all the other people. Like he's, it, it doesn't work like that, Ben. You recommend the? Uh, I don't talk to... about films with my plumber. No. How do you? I make him a cup of tea and off and let him do his work. <laughs> Who's talking about films with their plumber, Ben? Yeah, Ben. 
I don't I hate all of those um Cineworld things. Like the other one the other one they do at Cineworld, it seems to be that if uh so sort of just before a film starts or just before the, the adverts start and they just put like a, a scene up and it's some guy who's kind of flicking his unlimited card in his fingers. Yeah. And it really it really winds me up for some reason. It's I all, hate it. It's the slow-mo facial expressions that they, they uh, do as well for the audience. They're so yeah. overacted and horrible. I've never seen anyone do that in the cinema. No. Uh, no. No. I've seen people um, drop popcorn yeah. down themselves. I may have even done it to it myself. Uh I've seen I've seen someone spill nacho cheese on themselves. Oh. That's so funny. Was it the topless guy? No. <laughs> No. no, no. Luckily, weirdos in the cinema kind of have disappeared in recent years. But yeah, so I suppose we want to end this bit off by what do we think they're going to do next? Not just with Avengers Four, but where do we see the MCU going? I mean, I'm assuming because they've now got this deal with Fox and everything's such a big success, they don't intend on stopping mm, making no, superhero films. Yeah. Um, we we everyone assumes no one knows for definite everyone assumes it's people like chris hemsworth and robert downey jr and um chris evans are, are getting fed up with making these movies and are going to stop soon we've not heard anything to that effect i suppose um we all assume that one of these big names will be killed off as well i mean if i was them if i i'd probably quite like the idea of just coming back for like avengers type big movies and not doing my own solo ones anymore which they could probably get away with. They probably could, yeah. Because I imagine it's, I imagine it's quite fun making a film like that. I think because like they all meet, know each other so well. Meet, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is probably like camaraderie fun. and mm. yeah, mm. Um, and but, they're probably fun characters to play as well. But like, there's, there's annoying things about the MCU I find, which is basically how they integrate the TV um, series to the the movies. Um, yeah, because you know, Agents of Shield. Well, Coulson died in Avengers, and he's not been mm. mentioned since. But he's running no. around leading this. But they don't. But none of the Avengers actually know that he's alive, and Nick Fury hasn't been around since um, uh, Winter Soldier. Mm. So no, no one would. Re- you know, I suppose it would be people who knew. But the the, the TV shows don't really tie in with the movies um there's there's references and mentions here and there but there's uh, age of ultra uh, sorry uh, agents of shield is the main one that does tie in and they had the whole fallout from uh winter soldier and shield collapsing um and the whole hydra thing with shield that all came up in um in um uh agents of shield but the whole the whole load of shows i don't really know how they can avoid the whole every you know, half of everyone disappearing unless the next ones are all set before or after that happens. Yeah, sure. But I mean, like, for example, right, Luke Cage, the new series of Luke Cage comes out in uh, June. Comes out in yeah. June. Um, is that going to have been affected by the events? Was that yeah? That's planned? what I mean. If, I if mean, it's, if it's if yeah, it all depends on when it's set, doesn't it? Yeah, and why um, why aren't you know Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Iron Fist, uh, Punisher? Why aren't they all helping in this fight to save the world? 
You know, why don't yeah. why don't they get dragged into it? Why don't they even just turn up to do something? But, but that but that comes back to the whole thing of you know why they had to explain why Hawkeye and Ant Man aren't there because people just ask these why aren't these people there? Why aren't they there? Why aren't they there? Where's Coulson? Where's everyone else? And yeah. you know you just have to sometimes you just have to accept that these people aren't going to be involved. Mm. Yeah. And, so I mean, like my my point really about that is isn't just like why aren't they explained where they are? I think it's the point mainly is they aren't going to be around for the movies, basically. No. Go, are we going into phase four now? We're into phase. Well, they said they might not do. They might do away with phases after this. Yeah. Um, and just do. They, they, I mean, there's other than the films that have been announced, which is only Spider-Man's sequel, Guardians of the Galaxy three. Um, and is that actually it? After I think. Yeah. Uh, Avengers 4 that's all that's been announced after Avengers 4 at the moment um, so who knows what they plan on doing I expect they've held back sort of planning anything because now they have access to more people with this deal of Fox, with Fox well they still haven't announced what the name of the next Avengers film is I think intentionally no. they said um, it would spoil what happens in Infinity War if they explain what happened yeah, but I mean, uh, a, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe don't give it that title then. Maybe just yeah. call it Avengers Superhero Smash-Up. <laughs> people people are going to still go and see it. Yeah, Cities Explode episode 19 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've, I've no idea where they plan on going. They've opened up so many different possibilities, especially by taking things away from Earth and going to space and going to magical realms that Doctor Strange can go to and mm. all of these things. They've opened it up massively as to what they can do with it now. Um, I suppose there's plenty of plots from the, the comic books that they could also use. Um, oh, yeah, there's tons, there's tons to. of things they haven't... I mean, we've talked about yeah. it before. They haven't done Secret Invasion or, mm. um, you know... Well, there's a good one which, well, in concept is quite good, which is X, uh, X-Men versus Avengers. But, yeah. you know, they couldn't do something like that because they don't have those characters yet. But no. stuff like Reed Richards coming in or the Fantastic Four, uh, if they brought those characters back to um, the MCU, then there's a whole scope for doing other, uh, yeah. other dimensional or intergalactic yeah. stuff. And there's no reason why they couldn't, it couldn't work because they managed to put all these different superheroes in with, these, with this film. Mm-hmm. So I'd have faith of them to, you know, there's even sort of secondary characters from Black Panther getting good time in this. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, so yeah, um, I've no idea where they're going to go with this in the future, but I'm excited to find out. Yeah, me too. 